ain't a podcast that's flyer You are now tuned in to Direct Misfire Benson, Hugh, and Selick Tell everyone to tune in Let's roll the dice, let me show you what we doing A fantasy war game, play it smart and you win What you know about the crystal pen and the retribution Hero, hero, giants and knights galore It's an adventure, this is Kings of War Let's go Circle Arena. Sixteen deadly opponents. But for fifteen, it will be their last fight. Strength. Agility. Armor. All put to the test to be the first king of Kings of Fight Club. Welcome one and all to the first annual Kings of Fight Club extravaganza! I am your host Bensom and with me as always is Selick. Hey there Bensom! And joining us on the panel is Arena Specialist Hugh. Hey there lads, looking forward to today, can't wait to see some heads roll! Yes, tonight promises to be an exciting smash fest as gladiator hopefuls from around Panathor will be testing their medal and their medal in the Arena of Champions. So Selick, how about you tell the audience what rules are in place, what is and what isn't allowed? Hey there, Bentham. It is great to be here. Some of the rules that were coming in. Uh, so the world-renowned, they're actually going to be penalized a little bit with some uh, leg weights. So that's going to slow them down just a little bit. Everyone else, some of those weaker ones, they've actually had some time over in the armory. So they're going to have some nice little tools that they're going to use to hopefully compete up with the big boys. Interesting, interesting. Mm, that's right. So uh, some of those ones that are going to be off on their feet after they are destroyed in combat, just got to watch out because they will have a sneaky little attack from the ground just before they get killed. I'm hoping, I am hoping for a double KO tonight. Now is anything banned? Yeah, that's right. You're not allowed to have any mounts at all. Okay, so no one's on a horse. What about people who are horses? Well, horse people, uh, that, that is a caveat here, a little bit of a, a gray area. Uh, so they will be able to use their legs. Okay, right. Looks like the refs are in place and they're gearing up for the first round. Let's check out who will be starting off this competition. Hugh, who have we got? So in the first round, Benson, we have the mighty Kane. He's standing at over eight feet tall. This guy is a big, chunky, badass dude. And he's wielding an axe as big as probably three quarters of the size of this chair that I'm sitting in here, Benson. I don't even know if I could lift that bad boy. Now, Kane hails from the Abyss, doesn't he? Indeed, he does. He's from the spooky-wooky realm of the Abyss, and he's a bit of a creepster. We've had to uh, keep him at length with a bunch of our attendants holding pitchforks and such to avoid him leaping into the crowd and causing havoc. I wouldn't want to be the uh, male person who had to send Kane the invite. Hell no. I don't know how we did that, really, but let's suspend disbelief and move over to his opponent. None other than my boy, Olaf. He is one chunky badass. He's known as Olaf the Whirlwind, Benson. Mmm, he looks pretty grumpy. He's actually not known as Olaf the Whirlwind on account of explosive flatulence. He's known as the Whirlwind because that guy can swing around those axes faster than anyone you've ever seen. Looks to be a good matchup then. Two beefy boys, two large axes. Let's jump down into the arena and see how it takes place. And whoa, Olaf has come out of the gates doing his trademark move there, Benson. Look at that guy spin. He's like a 
freaking dervish. Yes, I don't think Kane was expecting that either. So much energy, so much power, so much ferocity straight out of the gate using those whirlwind strikes. We had some grass on the ground before he got there, but he's chopped it all down. What a beast. Yes, some fantastic gardening maintenance moves right there, Hugh. It's a good thing those moves happen to be quite good in combat. Kane seems to have taken a lot of damage from his blows as well. Kane isn't going down without a fight though. He's standing there, he's holding firm, he's striking back. Will it be enough? I think most combatants would have been at least wavered with concern from that ferocity of that initial attack. But not Kane. He seems like he's just too angry, Benson. Yes, that's right, Hugh. It seems being covered in his own blood is just making Kane even more furious. It looks like he's winding up for a massive attack right now. Oh, and the potency of that blow seems to have taken the wind out of Olaf's sails. He's not spinning anymore. He's run out of momentum. And man, he's bleeding heavily. Yes, I think we might be witnessing the end of Olaf. I don't think he's got a second wind. They don't call him Olaf the second whirlwind, do they? No, that's right. Whirlwind only strikes once by the looks. He raises his axe in defiance, but no, it's Ooh. not enough. Ooh. Right, he goes down. And he's not getting up, Benson. Not with that axe blow. No, that's right, Hugh. Which means the first round victor is the ever surly Abyssal Champion, Kane. Ooh, to the boos and jeers of the crowd, it seems. He's still raising his axe in triumph and spitting in their general direction. He seems like the kind of guy that perhaps he's not a crowd favourite, but man, does he know how to tangle. What a jerk. Okay, first one down. Abyss is on the board. Will the residents of the Abyss be happy about that? Are they even watching this thing? Who can tell, Benson? They're an enigmatic lot, to say the least. Hmm. Right, let's see if the energy continues with round two. Selig, who have we got? So we got Madriga, uh, the living legend over in the elven world, and we've got Jojack Horseman. This is not going to be a great matchup for the elves. That's true, but Madriga is pretty swift. And she does have that trick shot that she likes to use early. Yes, we can't forget about that. How does the arena fare for Jojack? The ground isn't great, and there are a couple of patches of trees which Madriga could hide behind. Mm, and does have the, uh, the big fence in the middle. Now that could work uh, quite well for Horseman, who's a, a really good jumper, so I hear. And I'm pretty sure he's trained in this arena before, so I'm not sure that that's going to uh, be too much of a detriment to Joe Jack. But I guess we'll see. I think the nimble elf-type moves here from Madriga could actually uh, get him over the line. All right, gentlemen, just excuse me for a moment. I'm going to head down onto the field and have a chat with these referees. All right. Very well. Who are you backing in this fight, Selick? It sounds like a difficult competition between the centaur and the elf. Yeah, that's right. So we've got the elf, very nimble, but uh, the speed of the uh, four legs here could actually put Jojak in the box seat. However, I love an underdog, so I'm going to go with Madriga. I can't help but disagree with you there, my man. I think that the uh, the four legs of the centaur and the nimble dash back and forth between the trees is going to mean that Madriga ends up on his spear. Well, I guess we'll see because it has just kicked off. Uh, Madriga has actually got the initiative here uh, and is uh, just moving over to the left. Now, the sand does uh, get in his boot there. It seems to be annoying him, but he's taken a trick shot and it has missed. Oh, my oh. God. Oh, the speed of Jojak was too much for that trick shot. Madriga tried the cool maneuver, but Jojak tears on past like a frenzied boar, just missing her by a small amount and clearing the other side of the forest. That's right, so I think Madriga here has uh, realized that Jojak is way too fast and it's going to be happening, uh, so he's uh, tucked in behind that wall looking uh, quite scared. Indeed, and in fact she's loosed off a couple of additional shots, but Jojak's thick pelt is too much and he's able to withstand those arrows. 
That is an exceptional pelt. Can we get somebody? Can we get somebody to actually line me up with this pelt? All right. Uh, back to the game here, though. Uh, Dodax actually landed a couple of blows. He's come in quick. Uh, straight. Oh, I told you about that jumping ability that he's got. He's gone straight in and landed a few blows on Madriga. And uh, Madriga's still good, though. Oh, he's like a show pony at a race. Look at him bounce over those mm. terrain like it ain't no thang. And That's the moves right. with those spears, it's almost majestic. So we've uh, only got one more volley here, but uh, I don't think Madriga's looking so good. It's taken a couple of wounds. Indeed, I don't know that she can keep this up. She looks to be slowing there, Selick, and uh, oh, oh my lo and behold... She's been tripped. The maneuver with the back end of that spear seems to have tripped her over, and she is in the dust, bleeding and looking quite miserable. Well, there is a saying in the elven world that an elf in the sand is a dead elf, and it is not looking good here for Madriga. Yeah, it's a very well-known saying there, Selick. I know what you mean. And oh, sure enough, she is pinned to the dirt with a spear blow that I do not envy. Oh, the hardest thing here for Jojak in this whole battle is actually getting the spear out of Madriga. This is, oh my... <laughs> that tiny little elf body is just pinned. Ooh. Oh, and he's lifted her into the air with the spear and all, and he's carrying her around like a banner. Oh, my God, but the crowd oh. seem to love it, those bloodthirsty mongrels. Mm. Now I see Olaf, uh, he's still, his body's still there, right next to Madriga. This is, somebody needs to clean that up. Well, it's like I always say, Selick, the only good elf is a dead elf. And I wouldn't be chasing those pelts too viciously because Jojak might have something to say about that, my dude. Mm, that is uh, exceptional pelting. So that fight went pretty much as we expected it to there, Selick. Uh, sadly, your girl Madriga just didn't have it in her to, uh, to beat a hairy bastard with all these swift legs and all that. I must agree with you there. Like We did think that the extra legs from Horseman was going to be a, a bit of an issue for the elf. Uh, I think the sand in the boot on uh, that first little initial move for mm. Madriga has just put her off. Uh, from there, she just couldn't hit the backside of a barn. So, uh, unfortunately for the elves, uh, they're going to be knocked out. And Jojak goes into the next round against uh, Kane, I do believe. I can't help but think his uh, cunning circumventing of the no-mount rule may place him in good stead in this tournament. But that Kane and that axe, I don't know, man. That looks like an interesting match indeed. That's right. So uh, I think I can see Benson coming up the stairs. Uh, he's got uh, his whole hands full of uh, takeaway goods there. But uh, I think it's the Goblin King coming up and uh, the Salamanders very shortly. Yes, that's right. So like, I've also just had a chat to the refs and we're, we've just cleaned up the uh, the corpses or the bodies of Olaf and Madriga. It looks like she's still alive, so I think she's going to make it. She'll be fine. Mm. Okay, so... As you said, we've got uh, the Goblin King, Fuggen Rechtgent, and he's coming up the well-known Salamander Hero Firebrand. Now this seems like it's going to be quite the fight. We've got the uh, Cowardice of Fuggen against the Sharpshooting Pistol of Firebrand. Selig, who do you place to take the victory in this round? Well, very good question. So I've actually been doing some sums. And I believe that Fuggen is good for this. Now, it's not going to be what you believe. I do believe that uh, Firebrand is actually going to win the fight, but somehow Fuggen is going to use some of his goblin trickery, uh, and he's going to get up and over mm -hmm. the line. Mm -hmm. Yes, he can't be trusted. I've seen him talking to uh, some of the weapons masters there. I don't know what tricks he's got up his sleeve, but you know, as a goblin, 
It could be anything. Mm, I, I, I don't trust him. I've seen him already talking to the judges, some of the referees. Uh, there could have been money passing hands. I'm not sure that this is going to be a legitimate fight. Mm, okay, it looks like the arena has been swept clean and they're off. And they're off into the trees. What, what's going on here? They're not, they're not running at each other. Well, it looks like they're going to do a little bit of uh, gardening here. They're not actually going to fight. Mm. Oh, looks like Firebrand's taking a couple of shots with her pistol. And looks like Fuggins just trying to hide from that. Yep, takes a, a little bit of a nick on the right arm. Uh, but a little bit of green blood coming out there, but Fuggins still looks good. Mm. Oh, he's got his bow out. He's trying to hit back. He's not a very good shot. No, well, he's pretty good at bribing judges, but actually using a bow, it's not going to be ideal. Uh, no. And by the looks of it, he's going to have to uh, get up a little bit closer to Firebrand to even stay in this fight. Looks like he's just worked that out as well, because uh, off he runs over the wall, and there they are in combat. That's right, Firebrand clearly... Clearly the better fighter here. He is just looking at this goblin with uh, uh, such arrogance and uh, confidence. So she's he's gonna twice the size. He is twice the man that this goblin is. Uh, but I'm sure that uh, it's not going to finish up how we'd like it. Oh, that is a good move. Oh, what a hit. Now, <laughs> looks like Fuggins already on the ropes. I guess he is a goblin. There's not much to him. That's right. He is. Uh, what is he drinking there? He's drinking something. He's meant to be fighting. What is he drinking? It looks like, oh, yes, some of those cuts are healing up. He's taken a healing brew. That sneaky git. Oh, that's right, but it's not going to work. Firebrand has just come over the top, just clearly knocked that bottle of whatever the hell it was, and he is just brought down, and it looks like he has got a sword into the stomach area. Wrecked Kent is on the ground. Ooh, what, what's... looks like he's... is he grabbing something? Is there something in his jacket pocket? What is that? Uh-oh. Watch it. Get out of there, Firebrand. Oh, God. Ooh! A crystal pendant to the face. Well, he didn't have a very good-looking face, let's be honest. Uh, beforehand, this one here, uh, he, he appears to be fine, a little bit closer to the trees now. Uh, then he started off before that crystal pendant explosion. But what happened? How did a Goblin King here... How did fucking get this uh, crystal pen in him? Uh, he is a goblin. I'm sure he has many contacts. We'll have to see if we can find his source, suss it out, and see if we can prevent that in uh, future rounds, because that crystal pendant is just too dangerous for the audience. That's right. Firebrand, okay, and we'll... Uh, smoking it off. Sm smoking it off. That's right. So he's going to go through to the next round, and uh, we'll see how it all, all ends up. So it looks like the arena needs to be swept up again. There is only a crater left where that goblin was. No evidence of poor old fuggin' wrecked Kent. Yeah. But Firebrand takes the wind for that round, and she looks pretty good about it. Yeah, if you uh, remove his eyebrows, he's fine. Alrighty, round four. Who have we got coming up now, Hugh? Next up, after fuggin' wrecked Kent and his very tricksy, tricksy tricks has cleared the stadium off, We've uh, revamped some of the terrain and, and cleared uh, the charcoal off of the walls and such like. Mm -hmm. I think the crowd seem to be resuming their seats and hoping that another incident like that doesn't occur again. Moving into the arena now, we've got Got a Big Axe, the scary orc warboss, who is a frightening opponent, to say the least, Benson. But uh, his, his enemy is uh, Spooky Wookie? I don't even know what I'm looking at here. What is this guy? It's some sort of uh, shadow? What is that? It's, it's mist? It's, it's sentient because it's been able to accept the invite yeah it seems translucent like i can see the wall behind it with all the blood splatters and remaining charcoal on there and all 
it seems to be some sort of floating shade. Well, as long as you signed that waiver, it's okay. Now, Gotta Big Axe is from the famed Big Axe family, and he is taking a large club this time. Indeed. Ironic, given the name. I would have said uh, an axe would have been his choice of of weapon, but uh, orcs are a strange lot. It seems like every second word in their language is axe. Well, I did hear that he was getting tired of being associated with having large axes because of his name and wants to try and break that mould. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, and they're off already, Benson. Shady is wasting no time and has shot across the arena faster than I even thought possible. Are we sure it doesn't have a mount? My God, that was quicker than Bojack. I don't think he's even got legs. He doesn't seem to, and yet it's not (laughs) slowing him down at all. He's straight into the fight, and Big Axe looks flustered. I don't think he was expecting that speed from this gust of evil, dark shadow wind. Indeed, but he seems to have regained his composure and is swinging Mm. back with that club. And great deadly arcs. Some of it seems to be passing straight through Shady, yet it seems to be doing some damage as he seems to be fading. Some blows are connecting, and how can we tell if he's taking any sort of pain from this? Like, he's, he's not wearing any armor. It's not wearing any armor. Yeah, wh- whichever gender it is, it does seem to be gradually dissipating in puffs of smoke and becoming more and more transparent. How bizarre. One for one, blow against blow, each one is taking a hit. Big Axe looks like he's bleeding profusely, but he also seems like he doesn't care too much. He just keeps on swinging. He looks like he's having fun, and he seems to be gaining confidence. Is he laughing, Benson? Is, is that laughter? It's quite unsettling, that is. It's very frightening, whatever it is, but it does seem to be having an effect, as Shady is seems to be running out of steam, quite literally, Benson. I can see... Well, can I see him dissipating? He must be. Maybe I'm not seeing him dissipate. Oh, he's gone. I can't Where see is him at all anymore. Big Axe is still swinging that club around like a lunatic, but I don't see him taking any damage anymore. He doesn't know he's there. I guess we'll have to call to the refs to see if the round is over. Shady's not there. Oh, and they come back with a ruling here for me now, Benson. Yep, it does appear that Big Axe is being declared the winner, and he's very happy about it. Look at him yelling up at the crowd. Okay, well, what an interesting round. Got a Big Axe. Takes the round against that shady, weird shade thing. Yes, that was definitely one of the stranger bouts I've ever seen, Benson. But uh, a deserving win for Big Axe there. He, he never really stopped swinging that club. He looked as though he was ready to take on the world, Benson. Yeah. Hopefully he can keep that energy up for the next round. Maybe he can fight something a bit more corporeal next time. Okay, Selick, take it away. Who have we got for round five? Well, we've got The Rock Johnson here. Uh, You can smell what this guy's been cooking, apparently. I don't know. I've never seen him cook personally, but he's up against, uh, I think it's your man, Hugh, uh, Francois Sneak and Stab. Ah, my boy, my favorite gladiator, Francois Sneak and Stab, the sneakiest ratkin in all of Ratland. And he is, I'm sure he's hiding something under that cloak. It's hard to say what it is, but I'm sure it's not going to be good for the rock. Mm. Ratkin, dwarfs, it is uh, one for the ages here. Uh, I, I can't help but think that uh, your little Ratkin man, his, his arms are very small compared to uh, Dwayne. Indeed, it looks like a tall order there, Selick. I think Sneak and Stab looks as though he could get picked up and powerbombed by the Johnson in a matter of moments, but... He is a sneaky little character, and I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve. Yeah, thank goodness this isn't a uh, battle of height, because uh, Ratkin and Dwarves, my goodness, uh, the, the crowd are definitely struggling to see this one. Now, interestingly, the invite for this arena actually went to Aubergine Stickman, another Ratkin champion, mm. and for some reason, Francois Stickensnab has taken his place. We're not sure what's happened there, if Aubergine's okay or if it was planned. 
But here we are. Francois is now in the arena in place of Aubergine. It seems that Francois muttered something along the lines of uh, Aubergine no longer being legal in the edition, whatever that means. But uh, for now, he's what we're stuck with, and he is the most assassiny of assassins. So I can't say I'm complaining, Benson. Francois is my boy to win this tournament. Do you think he can cut through that dwarven defense? Hard to say. Dwayne the Rock Johnson does look a lot like a rock. He might even be part rock elemental and part dwarf, if, if my eyes don't deceive me. I'm sure Francois' speed will uh, prove to be a big advantage in this fight. Indeed. And he is scurrying off swiftly now as they open the gates and let the combatants in. It looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson is walking slowly toward him in his heavy armor, but Sneaker Stab's having none of it. He's darting from terrain piece to terrain piece and flinging all kinds of sharp metal bits at him. Well, in typical fashion here, uh, Dwayne, Mr. Rock, uh, he is just ignoring absolutely all of this little bits of metal that, uh, weird, weird looking metal bits that are getting thrown across because he is just coming at him and coming at him very, very slowly. Indeed, they seem to be clanging off his helm, off his shield, off his armor, as if he doesn't even know that they're there, like small flies barely bothering him. But I can see why Francois is taking this tact. I mean, after all, if Dwayne gets his hand on him, I think we're going to have a Bane backbreak over the knee moment here. Yep, so he's just corralling him here into the corner of this circle arena. Uh, but I think Francois really knows... He really knows that he's got to get up and close. He's got to try and get through this armor because it is not working with these little metal flingy bits. Francois either run out of sharp stuff in his cloak or he's run out of distance to run away because he's going in now. He's saying, stuff this noise. Let's see what the daggers can do. And he's on top of the rock in no time. Seems to be clambering on his shoulders and stabbing downward, Selick. Is that even legal? Well, the salamanders do say adapt or die. Uh, and at the moment, he's going to have to... Uh, Find something in his uh, bag of tricks here because the daggers that he's using right now are just not getting through the Dwarven armor. This is this is made to perfection. This dwarf is swinging his hammer at Francois, though. He seems to be trying to get him off his back. And, oh, he's finally connected. Francois goes tumbling down in the dust. Ooh. But scampers back to his feet relatively quickly. And is it just me, Selick, or is the Rock Johnson walking even slower than he was before? I don't know how it is possible, but you're right. Uh, he must have got uh, a slight nick there on the on the right foot. It looks like uh, he's he's walking very slowly uh, towards uh, Francois, who has recovered very well. Indeed, it seems like he is bleeding. You can see he is dripping a trail of blood in the mud there. So Francois must have made something stick as he goes back in again with his daggers, fighting from the dwarf's blind side as he tries Ooh. to block with his shield and dodging that hammer with incredible agility. Yeah, well... It appears he's getting slower again. He's, he's fallen down to a knee. Oh my god, his friends were actually got over the line here. I can't believe it, but it does seem like he's staggering. He's staggering and... Yes, he can't seem to rise. Francois has oh. got behind him and... Oh my god, oh. Selig. Oh, oh my... Cut. That's not I did not see this. Oh my goodness, that is a lot of blood. What an upset. What an upset indeed. It seems like the way that he just kept walking slower and slower without having taken any apparent serious damage there, Selig. It's almost like there was some sort of poison involved. Uh, surely not. Uh, Francois appeared to be quite legitimate. Francois is not known for his integrity, but then he's not known at all, Selick, so who knows what he can get up to. Well, that's right. So uh, the term uh, death to a thousand cuts there proves to be the winner. Uh, let's get back up to the box. Quite literally a thousand cuts that was. 
Okay, coming up in round six, we have Roman Wetwipe from the Trident Realm. Quite unusual to see one of his kind come into land and fight in this sandy arena. And looks like his opponent is going to be the Abess, the Basilean Abess Sister Sledge. Mm. Now, do we know anything about these two? Well, Abess, uh, not their best, is what I've actually heard. Uh, there is a couple of other people that were in contention for this battle. Mm -hmm. but I think whoever's going to be uh, winning this fight tonight is going to be taking on a sneak and stab, and I'm not sure that anyone wants to be up against that perceived uh, poison. Yes, that's right, Silic. But Sister Sledge is a devout follower of the Shining Ones, and so she may be blessed against such poisons. We'll have to see if she makes it into the next round. But then we've also got Roman Wetwipe, and he's got some sort of regenerating ability. Mm, but he does have the disadvantage. I know that they were uh, petitioning for there to be some water. Uh, on this battlefield, there is no water here. Uh, it's just going to mm -hmm. be sand, a couple of trees, and uh, that uh, very bloody-looking, half-destroyed fence in the middle there. So, look, I, I can't uh, help but think that not having water is going to put Abbas in the into the best position. Okay, and we'll see in just a moment. Looks like the combatants are coming out, and they're off. Slowly, Roman striding towards the wall, waiting for the charge of Sister, but it's not happening. She's just standing there in the forest, swinging her flail. What's she doing? Well, I'm not really sure. It looks like, uh... It looks like she's goading him. Is, is that a taunt? A bit of a Roman standoff. It is taunting. Well, what is she... Oh, we cannot put that on television. Oh, looks like he's taken the bait. Roman jumps the wall and runs slowly into the forest. He's got through the forest quite well, actually, and, uh, they, are uh, just appearing to be scratching each other more than fighting. I'm not sure what to call this. It looks like both combatants here have no regard to their health, just swinging their weapons, taking the blows, taking the hits. Not only are they taking the hits, but it looks like uh, Roman Wetwipe here is actually healing them back. Like, some of these wounds are just uh, non-existent. Sister Sledge as well. She's just taking hit after hit and shrugging it off. She must have a resolve of iron to remain standing, and not only that, but to retaliate. Oh, it's turned now, though. Roman has got his uh, right arm, his uh, weapon arm there, caught up in a tree. He, s he seems to be forgetting the fight even exists. This is awkward to watch. And this is not a forest of seaweed. These are quite literally wooden trees and he can't quite cut through them. This is, this is not a good, good turn oh, for Roman. No, Sister Sledge is just getting a couple of cheap ones in here and... Uh, More than a couple. These are, go Ooh, these are going deep. These are deep, deep, deep sea diving blows here. It looks like she's trying to uh, make him a bit more acclimatized to the surrounds here by raining down some blows on him. No, it is not looking good for Roman. Still caught up in some trees here. Uh, he's, he's down on one knee. He has forgotten about his weapon. Uh, I think this match sitting. is over. Oh, I don't know over. if he's coming back. Sister Sledge uh, is going in for the killing blow. Uh, appears to be pausing though. Uh, maybe just... Yep. Just kicked him over. That's... Uh, that's quite a noble thing to do. Mm. Well, it's quite clear though, uh, Rowan Wetwipe has uh, been wiped uh, quite clearly by uh, the sister Sledge here, Abess. Uh, so taking on the Master Scurrier, Francois, into round two. That's going to be a, an interesting battle. Yes, I mean, she's not armored like Rock Johnson was, but she's got the speed on her side. Mm. Well, the speed is going to be helpful, uh, as long as they can land a couple of blows. I think that's where, uh, from what I saw down there, uh, the Dwayne, the Rock Johnston, uh, yeah, he was just a little bit slow, and hopefully he can keep up. So that's round six down. Round seven coming up in just a moment. Who have we got in this next fight, Hugh? 
Well, weighing in from the Twilight King side of things, we've got I'm a Cut You, who is a sneaky assassin. Doesn't seem to weigh much at all. Very similar look to Francois Sneakenstab, but a lot less sneaking and a lot more cutting, I think, was, might be going on here. Who's I'm a Cut You facing off against? Gaza is her opponent. He is a ghoul ghast uh, coming in from the lands of the undead. Wow, ghoulish Gaza is a frightening fellow indeed. He seems to have a greenish hue to his skin. I'm sure Cut You will not want to be getting too close to him. At the very least, he'll be ruining her cloak. You are the first person to pick up a hue. Without further ado, it seems like they're kicking off, and I'm a Cut You is not wasting any time with her crossbow. She's busted it out, and she's slinging many deadly bolts down range at Gaza here. And it looks like Gaza is completely unfazed with the amount of bolts that are currently sticking out of him. He looks more like a pincushion than he does a ghoul at this moment. And oh, with surprising speed, Gaza leaps across the range of the arena. I can't believe how quick he was there. He seems to have caught I'm a cut you wrong-footed there, Benson. Yeah, I, I didn't think uh, an undead ghoulie could move so fast, you. And neither did she, apparently, as his claws rake across her flesh. She couldn't dodge quickly enough, and oh, that looked painful. Youch! She's going to need to see a priest about some tetanus spells after that one. Indeed, yeah, she's going to need to see someone with some nasty, nasty healing skills, maybe even a few anti-venoms, as Gaza continues to swing those deadly claws Fortunately, she seems to have nerves of steel, Benson. She seems to have pulled out a blade and counterattacked. This frightening opponent is having no effect on her psyche, and she's just giving back as much as she's getting. Oh, and a quick pirouette there. What a stylish move there from Ima as she pirouettes around the side of Gaza and seems to have opened his stomach. Oh, and that is some Ooh. foul innards spilling onto the ground, Benson. That was a quick, quick fight. Indeed, Gaza went in strong and dodged the crossbow bolts without too much drama but then just could not cope against the speed and skill of I'm a Cut You. With two fast combatants like this, I didn't think it would be that quick, but there you go. We may have a record. Indeed. Ima seems to be living up to her name, Benson, because she did not muck around in that fight. No, that's right, Hugh. Okay, so that's I'm a Cut You into the next round. A victory for the Twilight Kin. And we have one more fight for tonight. We have Dante Nomates from the Varangar up against Dissel Borfman. Of the Abyssal Dwarves. <laughs> Indeed, and we, we've got another uh, another combatant that seems to be circumventing this whole no-mount rule. Why do we even bother with that rule, Benson? Because Dissel Borfman has got more legs than me, that's for sure. I think he's got a dad on the committee, and he's just letting him through. This, yeah, I think we'll need to investigate this. Yeah. Indeed. I'm, I'm sick of this horsing around. And is it Dante Nomates, or is it Dante Nomatas? I'm not sure. No, he's not Spanish. It's no mates. He's got no it's friends. Not. Okay. Well, Dante has discarded his sombrero, <laughs> and underneath that sombrero seems to have a very fabulous one-sided emo haircut. So I can see why he has no friends, Benson. It certainly lives up to his name. Or did he change his name to match? Hmm. We'll never know, because no one's going to ask him. We may not know. That's right. And so they have entered the arena, and they are sizing each other up, champing literally up and down. Dissel Borfman looks like an intimidating opponent indeed. Well, I can't see uh, Dante being able to get in the first blow here. The extra couple of legs once again from the half-breed champion, Dissel, is just going to, I think, going to get in the first strike. So uh, what is Dante going to be able to master here? Well, Dante has cunningly used the wall to help defend his position, realizing that Dissel Boffman was going to get the jump on him and has leapt out from behind the wall to change the momentum of the charge there. So Dissel has managed to land some powerful strikes of his own. That's right. But I don't think the cursed son here is going to be able to get away from some of these. So he's landed a couple of good blows there nice and early. Yes, they are fighting back and forth and both combatants seem to be 
shattering armour plates and shedding blood throughout the field, but neither seem to be slowing. Jeez, these are some bold and powerful opponents. They are just pound for pound. This is awkward to watch. If you loved a, a nice tactical fight, you are not seeing it here today. You are just seeing a, a heavy, heavy fisted blow. Dante is gradually backing up. Seems like Dissel Borfman has got him on the back foot, but he continues to swing powerful blows down on Dissel. But Dissel seems to be regenerating some of them. Oh, I'm sure I saw a finger fall there, Felic. But it seems to be growing back. Oh, how is this even legal? Like, he is just coming in here. A, he's got four bloody legs. And he's coming in and he's healing back his wounds. Dante just cannot keep up with this much regeneration. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I think Dante probably would have executed almost anyone else would have run out of steam by now. But Dissel just keeps coming and Dante is finally slowing. His axe blows coming in softer and more gentle as he seems to be running out of steam here. Now Dante, he's out demolished here. Uh, Dissel has just landed too many wounds. Dante was just going pound for pound there for the first couple of rounds, but uh, it's looking like uh, Dante is now onto one knee, and we all know what that is. He's not proposing. If he's proposing anything, it's just going to be that this is a swift death. Indeed, he seems to have dropped his guard, and with it, Dissel wastes no time, breaking his nose with the heart oh. of his weapon, and then trampling it. Is he, is he dancing on top of Dante's body there? Oh my god, Selig, what I've, is this? I've heard of showboating by using your four little hooved little legs. Like, I mean, anyone that's taking uh, Abyssal Dwarfs into this sort of tournament, they're A, just taking the piss. Indeed, Dante, he's not recovering from this, my friend. He seems to have the Macarena done all over him, and those hoof prints ain't coming out in the wash. That's right. So Dizzle takes the round. Indeed, Dizzle victorious and qualifying now for the quarterfinals. Benson, how do you think today's event went? I thought it was a one exciting bunch of arena fights. I couldn't have asked for anything more exciting. Some major upsets there, especially with Francois and Rock Johnson. Who could have picked that one? You did, obviously. Of course. Now that the first round of Kings of Fight Club is over, let's just do a recap of the previous rounds and see who is going into the quarterfinals. All right, so our first two battles here was uh, Kane and Olaf, the barbecue. Uh, so we've actually had Kane come through with that one, I think, wasn't it? Yes, that's correct. Kane is up against... Well, it definitely isn't Madriga, because I can still see uh, the blood still staining the sand. So Jojack Horseman, four-legged, he's gone through into the quarterfinals. Hmm, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Okay, who else have we got? Indeed. And a somewhat charred firebrand after the explosion of the crystal pendant will be taking on Got a Big Axe, both of them with a perhaps a more serious opponent in round two here, Benson. Yes, I think God is going to be happy with that one, being able to hit an, an opponent and uh, get some feedback there when he, with his swing instead of trying to part the wind as he was with Shady. Firebrand will serve as a much better uh, punching bag. Yeah, it's definitely uh, one of the biggest surprises there. Got a big axe, didn't take the axe this time. Was that a disadvantage? It turned out it wasn't. Night Stalker's going down there with Shady McShade Shade. That's just what's on the sheet. Um, so... Just having a look here, Firebrand got a big axe. Probably my pick of uh, the quarterfinals. How, what are you thinking about, uh, we've already spoken about it, but the uh, Francois coming through, Hugh, he's got to be your pick for the quarter. Absolutely, my man. Francois, I believe in him. I think he would have had a pretty tough time against either of those last few opponents, but it's almost like he's rigged the draw because he's coming up against the Abbess. And I think that uh, he should have a decent matchup here. As long as he keeps her at arm's length, I don't think she has the heavy armor of the dwarf and uh, she shouldn't be able to sustain herself 
when he throws all those, you know, bits of cutlery and kettles and whatever else he keeps under his jacket. On the flip side, she does have that iron resolve to keep her into the fight. Maybe she can hit back harder than Rock Johnson could. Indeed, she is swifter, but uh, I've still got my boy Francois to win that one. And that final round there, I'm going to cut you is going to be taken on Dusselborfman, the other four-legged man. I'm still not sure that they should be allowed in. Hmm. Imer's speed may be the key here, but Dissel's just ferociousness. You can't be ignored. Indeed. I hope she's able to land a mortal blow swiftly because anything less than that seems to be healed up in no time at all from Dusselborfman. He is one hardy opponent. Indeed. Roll of the dice on that one. Yep, the apothecaries are going to have a hard job, but we'll see you next time at the arena for some more hardcore kings of fight club action we'll see you champs soon thanks guys somebody working on that pelt eight combatants slain eight still remain stay tuned for more carnage in kings of fight club Thank you for tuning in with my team. Make sure you follow on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, indeed, more than a game. It's a lifestyle, yes, sir. Hope you realize that the math hammer doesn't work. <laughs> we give the people what they desire. Australian war gaming podcast, direct misfire. You don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, we got plenty more. If you're ready, let's go. Stay tuned, that's for sure. Hey. This glass of port is starting to taste suspiciously like paint. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even untrue.